I wake up every single day, I am who I say I am. And I get what I get because I live in beast mode. Stop being gazelle, you're not average. You're not even good, you were born to be great. What's going on world, welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host CJ, joined by Eric Thomas, and we're joined remotely from the dose. Carl is actually in Barbados, but you know the show must go on. And uh, Carl, give us an update live from Barbados, please. The Barbados sensation, Carl Oh, man. My wife was teasing me, and she said, like, this is the week that they truly had to call you the Barbados sensation, because, I mean, live and direct, live and direct. I'm sitting up on on the beach, drinking a pina colada, paint the picture for us, Carl, please. No, no. For those of us who've like, never been I, to the me, dope. Man, dude, I'm I'm when I tell you I'm never ever like gonna take this for granted. Like I'm watching my kids, man. Like it's just a different feeling. Like they're just so comfortable. We going like I've made it a point to go to the beach every single day. We got my kids a little, you know, like some little floaty things, they could do their thing. And they enjoying this so much. You walking into the ocean, man. I, I was telling I was telling Dwayne, our barber, that you could stand the water five, six feet deep and you could still see your feet. It's white sand. You just looking through mm. that water and you could see all your toes. You could see little fish. I did some video. I got the camera. I got the Nikon. He took it straight in the water. I was like, I can't just not capture this. It's a little fish with like some blue and yellow. I'm talking about... So, so, hey, I'm talking about N- Nemo, see? Nemo is swimming around my feet, just chilling. And I'm just like, what? Man. Oh, I already know. And, and I had a different Am I Tripping Or, but uh, Am I Tripping Or, I'm tripping on people from, <laughs> who from the island, trying to come study and come over here to the States. No, that's right. We I trying to get right. over there. You know what I'm saying? Man. Like, you done left the promised I'm land to come you. over here for what? I'm like, you was already right. where we trying to get to. We trying to retire. We trying to work hard. For forty years and retire and come hey, over here and kick it. Hey, hey because uh, you know, to work hard, come over here, then yeah. go back. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna tell you this because if you do get water here, if you get to the beach here, uh, you paying about one point five million dollars to get to the water Ooh. in Miami, get to the water in California. Uh-huh. They gonna make you pay to get to the water in the states. No, nah, but I'm tripping though because I'm saying y'all like you already you you made it. You like you like skipped the middleman. <laughs> just started at the vacation spot. You feel me? <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. What's, what's funny though? Hey, what's Bruh. funny real quick though is the fact that seriously, and I was talking to my wife's moms, they still live here, most of her family, and she was telling me like, y'all enjoy it because it's the weirdest thing, but people here, I mean, seldom go to the yep. beach. You would not yep. believe it. Like, yep. you know, you take Absolutely. it for granted. You got it all the Absolutely. time. Absolutely. So you think Absolutely. you could go on Tuesday when yep. you want to. Yeah. It's an older population so you never that you'll go. see like they go to the beach every morning. You never go. You never go. You'll see like yep. older yep. people Absolutely. breeds content, contempt. but you got the young generation that they just yeah they just not into that i don't know what they're into but yeah i'm i'm doing it every single day i promise every single day that i'm here man oh i'm yeah but well let me ask you this then carl because you you live when you lived there were you going to the beach on the regular did you find yourself kind of like ah this is kind of boring not never boring but you you still there's still that measure of you know it's always there but for me i definitely did my uncle man we used to do it in the summers like i'm talking about every day my uncle was that person like we'd go every day so it was always something that i loved doing and i tried to do it i mean as often as i could you know i i was i left barbados at 15 really so it wasn't like i could you know i had a driver's license or anything then so it was just you know i had to kind of go with when people were going but as i got older man i got a little bike and me and my boys would be at the beach whenever possible summer vacation all the time you know during school probably on weekends but yeah no i did yeah i did more than the average let's put it that way so where are y'all staying now that when you go back because your folks live in the states so where do y'all stay when y'all go back to barbados now and how far is it from the oh man so my parents actually so we grew up i'm actually in the house that i grew up in now my parents still have a house here my uncle keeps it so he actually lives in the house and when we come back you know we just crash at the same spot but in terms of distance to the beach man barbados is Literally, I think it's 21 miles long. The longest point is 21 miles. So you could just imagine there's no beach that's far. We went to like four different beaches, and I've been here Sunday. What's today? Wednesday? 
I've been here since Sunday. Every single day we went to a different beach. It's just beaches everywhere, like literally. The whole island, the east coast of the island is not as, you know, calm beaches. It's more scenic, but the west coast of the island, like you could go from the top to the bottom at any point of them 21 miles and just jump in the ocean anywhere, man, and just have, um, yeah, I can't, words can't, it's one of them things words can't explain. It's one of them things. You just got to see it, experience it. I can walk to the beach from home probably. I mean, it's it's a distance, but I could probably walk to the beach in 30 minutes from home easily. Wow. Yeah, no, nah, well, yeah, it, uh, enjoy it for us, man. I don't know if we have many beaches around here in Atlanta <laughs> or in, in Lansing. It's uh, it's not the same, so enjoy yeah. it for us, man. And definitely enjoy it. Um, Real quick, too, man, uh, shout out to everybody who came out to Chicago to the conference, man. What, a, what an amazing conference. You know, I was back. You know, of course, you know, I missed two in a row. Uh, Miss Avery was being a diva, and so I missed two in a row. But we were in Chicago uh, over the weekend, man, and um, we were missing Carl this time. So we it's swapped kind of crazy. Out. We've been like Pete <laughs> Mill and the squad together. But, uh, you know, we had uh, Michael Jackson was at all of them. <laughs> so that's all the people care about is that uh, Mike was there. So um, shout out to everybody who came out to Chicago. And, um, you know, it was, it was just a phenomenal event, the VIP, the regular session. You know, we went in, the energy in the room was crazy. And, um, you know, one of the things that we've been talking about the last few days, and, you know, I was asking E kind of like, you know, what he wanted to talk about on the podcast, you know, and where he wanted to go. And, he, you know, we try to fill the theme out of, of kind of like what, what, what we're feeling like. And um, he was talking about kind of that, you know, the, the distractions. He was like, see, it's the distractions. Like, you know, we, you know, we gave him the information on how to self-assess. We gave him the information on how to, you know, find their USP and all of these things. But at the end of the day, you know, life is going to get in the way. Life is going to happen. And E, you kind of had a theory about, you know, why people end up losing focus. And, you know, you kind of talked about what happens when you lose focus and kind of that starting starting and stopping type thing. And um, if you could break down kind of the conversation that we yeah, had. Yeah, I, I will. But I really that. want you guys to, especially because you guys are, um, you know, a lot younger than I am. And I think you guys went through it, you know, at the same time, which I think, our audience needs to know, you know, Carl had a baby, you know, C had a baby, you know, Carl had another child, C had another child, you know, and this is like, you know, this is like in the midst. Y'all got to understand, I, I think they had their children really at a critical part of our success. You talk about the first couple years, you know, we were grinding and, you know, trying to make things happen. But by the time they had children, like, it, I, I could go to the airport and people knew who I was, you know. It, it had almost become, you know, TGIM was a household name, you know. But so, I, I, just to set it up, though, um, before they get started, and I want to make it real simple for you, but I heard a dude, um, uh, one of my homies, Chris, uh, who lives in Bermuda right now, say the other day, you know, that it's okay to be inspired. I'm talking about ecstatic, motivated you know, for three days, you know, but successful is the man who's inspired, ecstatic, motivated for 3,000 days, you know? So he was just saying like, yo, it's easy for you to get pumped up for three days, Monday through the Wednesday, and by Thursday, you got punched in your mouth and you've lost that enthusiasm, and then maybe seven days later, you were enthusiastic again. Listen to me. It is, it is okay to be enthusiastic for three days, you know, for a week, but successful is the man who's enthusiastic for 30 days, for 300 days, for 3,000 days, you know. And so that's what I really want to speak to today. I want CJ and Carl to give you um, some tangible tools that they use during this time where they had their children. And let's talk. Carl, you know, I don't know how far we want to go into it, but you know, Carl had been married for, I don't know, maybe three to five, five years, maybe yeah, I don't, five. five years, yeah. and, you know, and, and his wife, you know, was like, come on, when are we going to have kids? Can we have kids? I don't think they did anything, you know, major, but I do know they at least went to go get testing to find out if they could have children. Like his wife, for real, she was like ready to have children. You know, they didn't get married when they were 19, you know, so she was ready, you know, so. Um, it was pressure to have the children. Then boom, he, they, before we knew it, they, they had a child and a lot was going on. So I, I want them to speak to 
um, exactly what some of the tools they use because if you are enthusiastic for 30 days, I'm going to run circles around you. The competition going to run circles around you. You know, but if you can stay enthusiastic for 3,000 days, for three years, for five years, for 10 years, look, that's half the battle. And most of you, the reason why you cannot sustain your success or get any leeway for that matter is you you got three good days in you of enthusiasm. You got five good days. You got maybe a week or two, but you don't have a month. You don't have two months, three months, four months, five months. And I think it was, um, forgive me for quoting my boy Marshawn Lynch, but he was just saying like, yo, I'm going to run through your face over and 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 over again. They're just not going to want that. You know, most of you can do it over and over and over and over again, but you can't do it over and 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 over again. And that's what we mean when we say average skill, phenomenal will. And that's why you need to start coming to these conferences because we're going to give you the techniques you need to do it over and over and over. And remember, we Midwest, y'all. Like, yo, we Midwest. So we see winter. We see snow. We see ice. You know, it, this, ain't, this ain't Cali. This ain't Miami. And, and yet in the bitter winter, ETA is still able, able to produce TGIMs. We're still able to do conferences. Like, look, it's winter. It's cold. It's bitter. But we still are able to reach deep down when there's no sun, you know, and there's no heat. And the cars take 10, 15 minutes. Like, you got to warm them up before you can use them. You got to go out in the cold and shovel the snow when it's bitter cold so you can get on the road. And sometimes you got to drive on ice or you got to drive on snow. But every winter, we just keep piling through it. We keep plowing through it. And so I need you to understand that if it was just about success, that a larger majority of you would be successful. You are skilled, but your will is weak. Your will is poor. And I want these two gentlemen to break down for you and, and what I believe what could have broken this company, having our, our giants have children. And, and, and most of you who have children know what type of attention you have to give. And let's not talk about our wives, you know, for a minute, because the dynamics of the marriage change. These dudes made it through it. So I don't know how we want to start. Yeah, no, and before and before we tell you know talk about the kids you know as you're sitting there talking I'm thinking about some E and you can you know maybe chime back in and we'll get to the stories about the kids I promise but as you're sitting there talking and, and I'm sitting here Carl and you can speak to it too and you're talking about you know being you know inspired for a few days being inspired for a few weeks whatever and the reason I really feel like that we stayed on fire and we stayed plowing through he had us read um, Outliers by Gladwell. I'm sure most of you listening to this have probably heard of it or read it. And it said 10,000 hours in order to gain that, you know, that ultimate measure of success or whatever. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, E, as you're talking, we really believed that. Like, we really bought into it. And so I'm thinking for the people who only can get inspired for a couple weeks at a time and then they pull back, I'm willing to bet that they don't truly believe that their success is inevitable if they put those 10,000 hours in. Because there's no way to me that if you really thought, yo, if I get up and grind every single day and I go after this one particular goal every single day and let nothing stop me, in however long it takes, I will finally be there exactly where I wanted to be. And I'm thinking if you don't really believe that you'll ever be there, that's the thing that makes you stop. Like if you truly, if you like, eh, what if I do all of this work and still at the end of the day, I get to the end of the rainbow and there's no pot of gold. And I think that's the thing that stops most people. And the reason that most people don't fully pursue out whatever dream or passion that they actually have is because what if I do all of this and it doesn't happen? We never had that feeling of what if it doesn't happen? Way back when we started this, he had us brainwashed to the point where we just knew 
If we got up and worked every single day, half the time we didn't even know what we were working on. We were just working. He would just order Chinese food and be like, let's go at it with a whiteboard. And, you know, we'd just sit up there and spitball ideas. But we were working towards our dream and we got up every day with an enthusiasm and we never lost that fire because we had that enthusiasm believing that one day we were going to be at the top. And I'm just willing to bet that those people who start and stop and start and stop and start and stop, I believe those people don't really think that their success is possible. So I think, see, what I'll add real quick is not only is it, so, so at the end of the day, I'm saying anything you commit that amount of time to, number one, we know it's going to be successful. Let's just say that's number one. But number two, let's just say in a magical world that it isn't, do you know the stuff that you learn in the process? Do you know that the learning that stuff, you can't you can't lose it? You just went through how many ever years of doing something over and over and over, and you've learned so much. Trust me, you don't know it. I remember somebody asking me, like, um, it was early when we started doing stuff, and I was like, I'm not sure. But I'm telling you, a year later, I faced the same question in terms of like how we set up the, the, the website and the Shopify and, you know, the online store and all that. And I could tell you detail by detail by detail. So if it didn't work out, I still walk away with three or four skills that I learned in the process. Now that makes me even more marketable. So I'm saying it's working out. Number one, don't don't miss that. But number two, if per chance it doesn't, you don't lose anything. You never lose as long as you learn. You never lose as long as you learn. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just for real. Like, Carl, think about, like, I'm, I'm trying to take them back to, like, flat out, like, even when we were at Bethel or, like, you know, when we first start coming together and he was pouring into us and we were having, you know, our sessions and having worship and getting up in the morning and, like, no matter where we were, like, he could be out of town preaching, you know, one of us could be doing whatever, but we would still get on the phone first thing in the morning and, like, go over an agenda. Like we because we tr we never like lost faith that this thing would happen. And that it was so crucial. And we talked about it, guys. And you have got to understand this. We kept the momentum on our side because we did not place our goals and the things we wanted to accomplish. They weren't monetary. Right. We didn't talk about, OK, by June, we got to make eight thousand dollars. It was never that we put all of our stock in. Did we do what we say we were going to do? Right. Did we say, OK, we're going to shoot five TGIMs. Boom. That was the goal. If we got that done, then we were geeked and we kept the momentum on our side. OK, we're going to send out this many, you know, letters. We're going to do this many, you know, events for the youth. We're going to hit this many schools. And so we put our goals on tangible things that we could actually control. Those are controllable variables that we could actually do. And we kept that momentum on our side. And we just believe that this is the formula to blow up. And we kept going day after day. And I'm just saying, it's no way, Carl, that we would have stuck with E not getting paid for years, been on his side, rolling everywhere, you shooting the camera, me rolling around, making phone calls, doing what we do. There's no way we would have stayed with E for oh, two years absolutely. without a paycheck if we didn't. Yeah, so help me though, fellas, that one I, day I we was going to strike go. There's some dudes in the game, you know, who are married, who have ch ha are having children or have children, you know, or whatever the other obstacles are. I'm sure we can draw an object lesson, you know, from this. But where do we start? See, you starting, Carl, you start. Let's, let's walk them through having our first child, you know, the marriage boy, and how we still stay focused on the day-to-day -day, um, objects, you know, and outcomes, because the objectives have to get met, you know what I'm saying? The, we, we have to exceed or excel, you know, or, you know, uh, um, um, I'm sorry, meet or excel, you know, our, you know, daily benchmarks, and you guys were able to do that. So talk me through how you guys had children in a marriage, you know, you married and, and you juggling all this stuff at one time, you know, and still I'm talking about y'all still produce at a very high level. And this company has continued to grow, you know, as a result of the Carl tour. Older and had his kid before me. So <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. It's only, it's only right. <laughs> I know that's right. No, man. He started it before he was saying literally. So we were married for five years and. I'll be honest with you guys, I was very comfortable not having kids. At some point, I knew I wanted them, and of course, I was getting older, so I didn't have a fixed plan of when I wanted them, but, you know, I didn't want to, you know, turn old and then have any kids. I knew that, but it wasn't a priority for me at the time. My wife was, of course, being female, you deal with that a little different. So she's seeing her body age, and she's like, you know, and she's studying uh, child development, so she's studying right. this stuff in terms of, you know, what's happening to, to people Best and babies as they get the babies, older. Yeah. Absolutely. 
absolutely. Yeah, She's sure. studying that. So there's a, a a different sense of urgency for her than there was for me. But anyway, I mean, we get to that point, and literally, I mean, you guys got to understand, like. To, to 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 find out number one that you're going to have a baby changes everything and you think you have an understanding of it i remember complaining to every male in my life like wow how did you not prepare me for this and the answer he gave me i just laughed he was like how could i have prepared you for this there's nothing i could tell you like it takes over every i mean every fiber of your life number one everybody knows it's sleep you, you sleep deprived for at least a couple weeks i mean easily sleep deprived um and then literally you have you're in a position now where man i'm I'm reliving this literally just having a life in your hand a new life looking at you helpless and it's like i have to now take on the role of providing for this child for the rest of his life and you don't even understand what that means at the time to be honest but for me i'm telling you the 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 core thing I, i mean that you guys listen to us talk over and over the core thing that i think kept me going see is the fact that I was like, man, I can't let anybody down. Like, of course, I got my wife, I got my son, but I cannot let this team down. I can't, like, I felt so indebted to, and and maybe this is a message to the, the managers, the leaders out there. I felt so indebted to E and CJ that I, there's something in me that was like, I could not let them down. So whatever buttons I had to push, whatever adjustments I had to make, they had to be made. And I, I don't know. Um, you know, there wasn't a, there was no prescription for this. Nobody had a manual. We read all kinds of books on how to do this. Uh, what's the one called baby wise, how to get the babies to sleep in the first gun? Yeah, no, it doesn't work. Not for me. It didn't. If it worked for you, props to you, but it did not work for us. Like little man and Jordan was, he was not a sleeping. He wasn't a sleeper. He would be up. I mean, all the time. And then he would get up. So it was one of these things where, you know, everybody would tell you, sleep when the baby sleeps. But if I do that, when do I get work done? And, and like I said, I couldn't afford to let the ball drop. So for me, it was a, a situation where a man, he's going to sleep. And, oh, by the way, my wife, like I said, is in a PhD program. So she is, as I mean, she had a couple of weeks off. But beyond that, she's leaving to go to school as soon as she could to get back, get on the program and get that thing done. So it's, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a situation where for real, like, okay, he's sleeping. I know he's going to sleep for an hour and a half. I have to get this thing done. TGIM got to be edited. You learn, and, and this is the thing. Once you know what you have to do, you somehow learn to get it done in a lot less time. The same TGM that will take me like four days before, it would take me now probably about maybe half a day because I didn't have four days. So you just had to figure out how to get it done. And I still wanted to do it at the same level of excellence. So you just had to figure out the system of, okay, I'm going to do this. Dude, you just got to figure out how to get it done. You know what I'm saying? So the, the flip side, and I got to share this because this is going to be the beautiful part of this whole thing when CJ shares is the differences in how we did it is going to be bananas. So I'm growing up in Barbados and our culture is like for real. My, my mother told me that the one of the biggest things that y'all got to forgive me. Y'all hear noise in the background. We in Barbados for real. Like somebody behind me building a house if y'all can hear the noise. So bear with me. But uh, my mother, t- <laughs> we keeping it real. Yeah, we keeping it real. Hey, my mother told me one of the things that happened for her was that my grandmother kept my brother and I when we were kids. And she said that's just something that was one of her just like biggest things. She wanted to be there for, you know, me and my brother when we had kids. So literally my parents had retired and lived in New York at the time. And my mother decided, but both my parents decided, I think my mother was a little more forceful, but both my parents decided that they would literally sacrifice their time and just come up there and help me with the kids. So... My dad, actually, my dad was still working at the time. I apologize. My mom was free at the time. So she came up. And I'm saying she, again, just a huge help. So what that allowed me to do was still balance a little more time. Now, she was in and out, of course, you know, her man in New York. She ain't trying to live up there forever. So she would come up for a little while, go back. But the time that she was there, I'm telling y'all, all in, whatever I could get done, all in. When she was not there, we did the best. Like, my wife would try her best to leave meals prepared. You know, we worked together. She'd leave meals, whatever, if she had to leave. Um, like I said, little man go to sleep for a couple hours. I'll get it done. But in 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 that, you had to learn how to prepare. So I got his meal ready, you know, all his clothes, the diapers, everything. Where, where I'm going to change him is ready. Oh, mind y'all, I'm working in the room he in because it don't even make sense going nowhere. Like, that's going to waste time. You know what I'm saying? Like, little things like that. It's going to waste time for me to be working downstairs. He gets up crying. I got to run upstairs to get him, try to put him back to sleep. No, I'm going to work right here so that if he gets, if he look like he getting up, I'm going to just rub my man back. 
that could give me an extra 30 minutes you know what i could do with 30 minutes so little little things like that man i got i just try to figure out the balance of how to get it done just push you know what i mean just push the envelope i'll be honest i was tired i was tired all the time it affected your mood you know e and c could probably speak to i don't think they called me a whole lot during that time and in fair respects man i'll be 100 percent transparent it was weird for me like because I went so internal with taking care of little man and bringing it all into the family, that kind of stuff. Like they pulled back out of respect. And for me, it was a weird thing because it felt like, man, they, it felt like they withdrew from me. Of course, that's not what it was, but they were giving me the space to figure it all out. And it was a lot to figure out. But I'm telling y'all, at the end of the day, it was that that feeling for me like, yo, I cannot let this thing down. We put too much work in. I just got to figure out a way, make the adjustments and figure out how to get it done. Little man you're gonna be all right my wife we're gonna be all right we're gonna make it work if i gotta stay up an extra six hours ten hours he used to get up at four in the morning i remember that like he out walking and i'm sitting eager. i don't know if you remember seeing the light on upstairs i i figured out that little man would hey he would watch bobby mcfairn the weirdest thing he four five weeks old and he would watch bobby mcfairn for 40 minutes i'm telling i can remember this so every morning 3 30 4 o'clock in the morning i got bobby mcfairn playing and my man put some headphones on they could hardly stay on his head but as long as i could get him to sit there lay there whatever he would watch that and i would sit there and work right next to him like i got like like a small computer there that he would be watching and i'd be on my big computer editing away at 4 30 in the morning four o'clock in the morning just trying to get it done there, i mean at the end of the day there was just no way i was gonna let this thing drop like what i kept thinking what would i do number one if i had to go get a number another job like which other job is going to be flexible enough for me number one to be able to stay at home with my son you know what i'm saying like who where, where are they going to do that my wife is at school i'm the one i'm the breadwinner of the family so it's like okay this is the opportunity i have number one number two these dudes poured into my life like i can't i can't not you know what i mean i can't not make this thing work there's no option there's nothing like i had to find a way to make it work so just making them adjustments man and see you could go for it because i know i'm gonna come back after once they get your yeah, spin on it i, I just want to say this though as c's coming it, I, I just want to say this as c's coming because there's those of you who watch us on the road and you see the synergy you know and you think the synergy was without interruption you know and all we're trying to tell you on this show is like life happens you heard what my man just said it's like we was eating them eating going to church you know we did everything together and now we got a span of i don't know how long it was of yo we got to pull back and we've got to love him enough to let him do i'm gonna be real i wouldn't i don't know that i would i didn't do it the way either of them did it to be honest like you know um you know i did but i didn't like they, they, i think i probably was a hybrid of two of them i had boog with me on the road 24 7 but i also had you know for those of you who know virtue you know, Ebony was there for me. Miss Trotter was there for me. So I had like a hybrid situation going on where I would take him on the road at times. I would have him at the crib a little bit, but I did give him to the Trotters at, a, at you know, for a large part of the day when I had him. Didi worked, and when I was gone, she had my Trotter. So I was more of a hybrid. But what Carl said is so important. We fit, we literally lost maybe our brotherhood during that time, but we never lost the business. You understand what I'm saying? We never lost the business and watch this. We never let the loss of the brotherhood affect us in a negative way. It wasn't where, you know what I'm saying? We was pissed. It wasn't where I had no attitude. It was just like, yo, my man need to do what he need to do. So as a, as a supervisor, let me put him in the position. And this is for all my supervisors out there. Don't be so selfish that all you care about is your company. You know, take care of your staff. So I just wanted to make sure like, yo, you and your family happy. Y'all got everything you need. You, hey, you turn it in whenever you turn it in. Like, of course we got deadlines, but it wasn't like, all right, Carl, I need to, we need to meet at eight. If you need to meet at 3.30 in the morning, then we can meet at 3.30 in the morning. So, so I just want y'all to hear that there has been interruptions, but we did not let, in, we did not let the cares of this world we did not let the, the disruptions disrupt division. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, I don't know. Um, yeah, I remember Carl going through it. And Carl had, like, I think I learned from Carl 
because I I saw how much Carl was doing, like, and and he's right. I'm talking about, you know, Carl was on that grind, and I used to call him, and he would be sounding tired, but like still grinding. You could hear Jordan <laughs> there, and I think Carl. The one thing, what I said was one, you know, for me being down here in Atlanta, I didn't have nearly the support system that y'all have right up there, right? Yep. And so you yep. got the church, yep. you got everybody down here. You got to understand, Candace and I finished building our house two weeks before Trey was born, right? So we, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I got a few people, you know, in this area, you know, who, you know, I could call on if it got like that, but like nobody in, you know, the immediate circle, right? Except for my brother and uh, my sister-in-law who also had a baby. So that wasn't much help, you know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> y'all on y'all own, we on our own. And so I think for me, one of the things I saw was, okay, I'm going to need an extra hand because I'm a creature of habit, like strong, like I, I am, like literally same time, same, you know, whatever, every single day. Like even when, you know, with the weight loss and getting back on the fitness boy, like everything has to be like in order. My wife will tell you, she takes Trey to daycare all the time. If she got a meeting and she can't take him and now I got to take him in, it throw my whole, I'm like, boo, I'm supposed to be doing this at 8.15 is my time to, you know what I mean? So I already was kind of leery like, okay, this is about to throw off my whole schedule. And so, you know, I talked to Candace, we interviewed a bunch of nannies, um, found somebody who uh, actually worked, a family friend who, you know, could do it. And so she actually stayed with Trey after the first three months all the way up until he was eight or nine months. And then we put, you know, my man in daycare, which, you know, Candace wasn't thrilled about. She wanted to wait until he was one, but we had to put him in daycare at around eight, nine months. And so he went into daycare. And of course, you know, you drop him off at daycare 730, you know, pick him up around, you know, five o'clock. And so I, I had my whole day, but I think I was kind of, you know, setting up, you know, for, you know, trying to set myself up for, for success after I watched, you know, just how difficult it was for Carl to kind of balance back and forth and, you know, the whole nine. And so um, my transition wasn't nearly as hard because I was able to see, OK, this is what's coming. All right, cool. I need a nanny. OK, we ain't got no nanny. Little man got to go to daycare because I couldn't. You know, I couldn't work in the way I needed to work with, you know, him right there. You know what I mean? And so I kind of set it up, you know, my situation up a little different. And of course, Candace, you know, got three months for maternity leave. So by the time Candace was back to work, you know, we had a full time nanny and then, you know, he was able to go off to school. But I think setting up yourself for success on the front end and figuring out how you can best manage these things because it's going to be a distraction. The sleep thing, for sure. I told you, I sleep train Trey at three months. When my man turned three months, I read an article that literally changed my life and everybody in this house life. It was like, look, at three months old, put your baby down and let your baby cry 15 minutes. Then you pick them up, let them cry, or you, I'm sorry, five minutes. Then you put them down, let them cry 10 minutes. Then you put them down, let them cry 15. You do like the sleep cycle uh, training. And we did, I did that for three nights straight. And I promise you, Trey had been sleeping through the night since, ever since then. He'd been, probably go down about 7, 30, 8 o'clock, and he'll get up at 7 in the morning. And so uh, the sleep thing, Trey was a blessing. We'll see what Avery Marie want to do. Um, you know, here, here shortly, but you know, it was just a blessing that I was able to get him on a sleep schedule. You know, his mama, you know, went back to work. We had the nanny and then, you know, the daycare. So it didn't turn out to be that big a distraction for me. The travel thing is always, you know, a little difficult. That's something you got to manage. Even now, you know, having two kids, you know, every time, you know, we get ready to travel or something, I got to tell Candace like eight weeks ahead of time, like, boo, I'm going to be going here for two days. Well, you know, what do you need? And then also, man, shout out to my mother-in-law who came down, you know, when Avery was, um, you know, coming into the world. She was down here for a few weeks helping out, cooking, cleaning the whole nine. And my folks just got in town the other day. They're here now as we speak and um, taking care of the baby. They keep the baby for us at night. I'm talking about me and Candace in the bed sleeping like fat rats. We just sitting there chilling and my folks got the babies all night. And um, so it's just a blessing, man. But, yeah, you got to set yourself up, um, you know, for the best, you know, success you can have. You know, if you know some of those distractions are come are coming, what parameters can you put in place to try to minimize, you know, the risk as much as possible? But I think for us, again, you know, I was never worried about it taking down the company or anything like that. It was just a situation of how are we going to manage it? It's, it's one more thing that we have to figure out and adjust from. But we've been adjusting since day one. We've been adjusting since, you know, I had to leave and go on the road. Like, people don't know that. The reason I don't live in the same town as Carl 
Carl and E. You got to think about it. It's been seven years since I've lived in Michigan and lived in Lansing. People think me, E, and Carl together all the time. I'm doing the podcast in Atlanta right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I live in Atlanta. I'm back and forth as much as I can, and obviously we meet on the road as much as we can, but I had to literally leave Lansing when we decided that we were going to start this company with no money, with you know no investment, no anything, and I had to follow my wife around as she was on a rotational position for General Electric. So we've been dealing with and stuff like further, that. And go further, see. So, hey, see, go further for me because not not just Atlanta and Detroit. Now, you went to doggone Paris. Like, talk to me yeah, about that yeah. part of it. Yeah, yeah. So, I, we, so Candace was on a rotational position um, for, you know, a, a management program within General Electric. And so we moved, I mean, we lived in Houston first, and we went to Schenectady, New York, then we were in Atlanta, and I mean, just all over. And then one of her final rotations, and mind you, this is when we actually started to have some real success. Uh, we had to go to Paris for four months. And um, so we're in Paris, France, man, and I, literally the worst four months of my life. You know, I got love for Paris, but it was so tough for me I had to put myself on a different schedule. My Skype minutes was out of control. And I promise you, even when I was in Paris, I literally put myself on the exact same schedule as Carl and E, East Coast, New York time. I put myself on, so I don't know, I think I was waking up at like, maybe like noon or like 11 in, in the afternoon. And that would be like, I don't know, five or six for them. And I would literally grind all the way through. And my wife was just working crazy hours anyway. But, you know, I would literally grind all the way through. We were on FaceTime, you know, Skyping, you know, Google chat, like the whole nine. I was still taking meetings. I was still sending emails. And I promise you, we did not skip a beat as a company. And I look at, you know, how we were able to get through that. And it's the same thing with the babies now and anything else, man. We got to keep on pushing because we have a chance to make our dream become a reality. Yeah. And you yeah, cannot. Yeah. Let and those that's distractions it, guys. get in the you way. Know, for those of you who are listening, you know, I really wanted you to hear, you know, um, because you just see the best in us. You know, you see us on the road and you see the synergy. And, and that's a part of the synergy. A part of the synergy is how we have used, you know, the pain to push us to greatness. You know, you look at when Didi was diagnosed with MS, you know, um, she was off work, you know, maybe six months where they were doing testing, whatever, trying to find the best medication for whatever. You know, and I still had to grind, you know, um, so I had to make I had to make the adjustment. I had to give Didi her time. I went to every um, office visit she had, you know, every exam she had to do. We went shopping together when she took her nap. I had to start cooking regularly, you know, um, some of the stuff that I used to do, you know, not putting the toothpaste you know, uh, top on a toothpaste or not, you know, washing the dishes, you know, uh, at night and putting them up, whatever. There were some things that I would do, you know, prior to her getting sick that I couldn't do anymore because she was under stress. And here's the thing you got to realize. I am so sick and tired of hearing you guys say, well, E, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got so much to do. What, what do I do? You do it. Like, look, here's, here's the difference between the weak and the, and the great. The weak make excuses for why they, they get, always got an excuse. This is why they can't do something. What the greats do is the greats find a way to make it happen. They find a way to make it work. You know, so I had to find a way to go to every doctor's appointment and still go on the road and speak. I'm, I'm the breadwinner. I still got to go speak. You know, so um, I, I still have meetings to make. You know, I still have TGIMs to do. I still have uh, voiceover work to do. You know, I still have schools to speak at. Like, life goes on. Work goes on. And we just had to find a way to make that. I still have a son, you know, who is a freshman in college when Didi is diagnosed. I still got a, a teenage daughter going through what she's gone through, you know. Um, and, you know, so I still have to grind and make it work. So, Carl, if there's one thing you could say to those people who um, are out there and have you know, multiple responsibilities, uh, they have challenges, whatever those challenges might be. And can I say this, guys, y'all can tell me if I'm lying or not, but doesn't it seem like the challenges come at the worst time? Like, I've never seen a challenge that came at a good time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've never seen a challenge that came when, when I was on vacation. You know what I'm saying? i never seen a, uh, a challenge come, you know what I'm saying, when my girl was in the best of, uh, uh, of moves, the best of health. I, I just, I've always seen challenges come at the weirdest time. So Carl, for you, you know, and um, you know, based on what, you know, what you've had to go through, just period, you know what I'm saying? Leaving home at 15, up until now, you've been able to manage two degrees, 
You've been able to, you know, uh, help create uh, one of the more successful motivational and consulting firms in the country. You're married, two children. Your wife, you know, has gotten a Ph.D. Both of you guys were here in the States and you weren't always, you know, considered citizens. What, what, what are you telling all those people with excuses, you know, who haven't gone through half the stuff you've gone through or those people who are trying to press through it? And need a little bit of encouragement. What what words are you leaving so for? So the one line that I think changed everything for me was start living the life that you want to. And I, I didn't even understand that at first, to be honest. Eric said that to me. Like, he, he just mentioned, you know, we had, you know, immigrating from Barbados to the United States is not what you think. It's quite a process. It actually took me, what, we started the process in 2001, I think, until 2000, I don't remember, but it was like 9, 10 years, something like that. You're talking about 2010, 2011, I'm going through, literally in school, that's why they tease me, I got so many degrees, because I had a student visa, so I just had to stay in school. I had to stay in school all those years, you know, to keep my status. So I just, you know, degree after degree to just stay in the country, but, you know, going through the green card process, and you don't know what's going to happen. It got to, I mean, not to go too far out, but at one point, like I was tra um, transitioning schools and they messed up my paperwork and I literally got a letter saying, okay, you got to leave the country now. Now imagine that my, my, I think we were married, we were just married at the time and I'm getting a letter saying, yep, your status is now, uh, it's it's no more you got to leave so i'm just saying and that's the time that he told me yo start living the life that you want to live and i did not understand i'm like dude i ain't got no money you know i'm living in an apartment i'm trying to figure life out what do you mean start living the life i want to live and as, as i look back now man that's the best advice that i've ever heard for me because what it allowed me to do with the life that i want to live is i want to be able to control my time I want to be able to do the things that matter in a day. You know what I mean? Um, so literally what it meant for me was I want to get up and work out in the morning. I, I, funny enough, I had a Planet Fitness membership when my son was born. I think it was a year that went by before I canceled it because I'm like, yo, you're not going. Like, why are you doing this? But what it meant for me was because you're not going to Planet Fitness doesn't mean you don't exercise. What I wanted my life to look like was, hey, you get up early and exercise. So guess what? I got up early and started doing a couple of push-ups, started doing a couple of sit-ups. You can create the life you want now. Start living it now and start practicing the things that you want to be now. And what I'm seriously, what I want you guys to hear is the things that you really want, they're, they're there for you to grasp. They're there. But they don't necessarily look like what you think they look like now. But you can start doing it now. So now I can tell you, I'm going to the gym every morning now with a friend. Ken and I actually go to the gym every day. But it's not like we just started. It's because I started a little habit of doing it even when Jordan was a baby, even when we got Jesse as a baby. You can start doing the things now. You don't have to wait. I'm saying most of the things that people really want to do is not even that deep, to be honest. Like if you really think about it, you don't just want to be on a yacht sailing for 16, 16 days out of a year. You really don't. I, I mean, I, I don't think so. But there are little things that you can start doing now, and it all boils down to how you manage that time. Yeah, we all got a lot to do, but you can do it earlier in the day. You can do it later at night. You can schedule your time. I promise you, TV has nothing to offer. You can watch it later on. You can watch the game on replay. You can TV, you could, you know, DV, whatever. You just got to figure out the things that are important to you and get those things done first. And I'm not saying not to have fun, but just understand, you will have to make some sacrifices. You're not going to get there without sacrifices. So start living that life now, man, and be aware of the sacrifices you got to make. But honestly, like, it's those little decisions that you make every day that make the difference. It's the little decisions you make every single day that make a difference. You don't have to work out for three hours. You can work out for 20 minutes. That's why they got T25. But you can still get it in. You know what I'm saying? There's no excuse. There's no excuse. You can get it done. So I'm just saying, man, schedule your time and, and, and get yourself an environment where you can get help. That's the other, I mean, critical factor. I know you said one, E, but I got too much rolling out of me now. Um... Yeah, get yourself a support system, man. Again, my parents helped me big time. You know, the church community helped me big time. We got BU people that are helping us. You know, our Breathe University community are helping us big time. Put yourself in the environment where people can help you. You don't have to fight this thing alone, but you do have to get it done if your dream's going to be a reality. So let's just get it done and put all the excuses out the way, man. Get it done. Yeah, no, absolutely. You talk, I mean, you can probably speak to you know, kind of the distraction element too, because nobody has more on their plate or demands of their time 
than than he does. Sometimes me and Carl just look at each other and shake our heads like, oh my goodness. Like you can imagine how many people he has pulling on him on a daily basis, right? And people forget like, yes, we do have a church as well. Like when we say E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher, y'all think like Preacher just like, oh, okay, it's like a cute moniker or something like that. Like, no, E is the head pastor of a church to go along with every other thing that we do. All the traveling schedule, all the podcasts, the TGIMs, the videos, the consulting, the speaking, the NFL, the NBA, the Australias, the Londons, all of that. And E still is the head pastor of a church and still has, you know, uh, parishioners who reach out to him on a regular basis for prayer, for advice, for all of these different things. So e, you talk about, you know, you tell the people how you manage distractions and, you know, demands on your time and still manage to execute at a high level. great at what you do, two things happen. One, you're able to be more efficient at what you do. And by that, I just mean... You know, I'm at a point now where I'm, I'm so good at what I do, I can make demands on people. So you, you can't ask me to come and speak on church day anymore. I don't have to anymore. So now you might have wanted to do your program during my church hours. But if you want me, you're going to have to do it on Thursday or you're going to have to bring me in after church. So you'd be shocked what greatness will allow you to do. See, you'd be great. You'd be shocked how greatness allows you to um negotiate in ways you couldn't negotiate, you know, before. And then efficient. By efficient, I just mean I, I know when to say no to people now. Like, nope, that's not something that you should be asking me. That's something that you could ask uh, Jamal. You can ask Jamal that. You know, you can ask Deanna that. Or you can ask Tay that. Like, that's a question that somebody else could, you could ask somebody else. So you don't need to ask me that. Or you could go online and get that information. You, you know what I'm saying, see? Or this requires a text and not uh, a face-to-face meeting. I can text you this, you know, or we could talk on the phone. We don't need to meet face-to-face. And I'll be real with you guys. I don't meet anymore. I found out that, you know, it requires too much time to get dressed, too much travel time. You know, uh, face-to-face time is great, but now I got to go back home. You know, it's just a lot when you're sitting down meeting with somebody for an hour. It almost takes two, three hours, depending on how far you have to travel. So I don't meet anymore. You know, we can Skype. You know, what I'm saying FaceTime. What, what, I mean, whatever. But I, honestly, see, the, the more effective I've gotten at my craft, the more efficient I've become and then the ability to say no. Like, for real, no is huge. No, I can't do it. Somebody hit me the other day about partnering with me. I'm saying, bro, first of all, I don't even know you. How can I partner with you? That CJ has the first dibs on partnering. Carl has the first dibs on partnering. Didi has the first dibs on partnering. You know, my son's about to be a college graduate. He's got some dibs on, you know, maybe not first dibs, but he's somewhere in that rotation. You know what I'm saying? So the ability to know when to say yes, when to say no, and when to say wait. And I do. I, I, I answer, man, you know how many emails I answer, but I do it when my wife's at work or I do it on the plane. You know, I'm on a four hour flight or a three hour flight. I buy the Wi-Fi and I use that time, you know, or when, you know, I've been blessed that, you know, now my cousin Rondell is driving me around. So while we're driving, commuting, I can use that time for phone calls because I'm not driving. I can use that time to text. So uh, I'm not going to lie. I have gotten way better, you know, than, you know, before. And here's the deal, guys. I never make my wife sacrifice, you know, her time. You know, we were having worship today and I had to do a TGIM and I had to do a condensed version of worship. And she was like, well, how did TGIM bump me like this our time? You know, I was like, boo, every every now and then I just need an extra five. Can, can we instead of doing 30 minutes, can we do 20 minute worship? You know what I'm saying? Can we condense the testimonies and shorten the prayer up a little bit? You know, but uh, I don't sacrifice her time. I don't make my children wait on, on hold. I answer their calls. You know, I don't go out of town often doing church. I'm at my church three um, sermons out of four. I'm doing it a month. You know what I'm saying? So the priority thing I think is critical. And for real, a lot of you don't know how to say no. You can't you don't have to say yes to everybody. Now, I'm going to help somebody real quick. CJ Carl, I got to answer that phone. I got to, you know, be careful about not too many no's. Why? Because they've made investments. But people who I don't know or people you, you, you look, you, you've not you've not done a lot for me. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but you I probably help you more 
than you've ever helped. Like my wife was sick. You didn't call. You know what I'm saying? Like my daughter graduated. You weren't there. Like it's no disrespect, but I don't invest in people in a way that people don't invest in me. I am very cautious of if the people who've invested in me and this is what we do wrong. Most of you are blessing people outside of your home more than the people who are blessing you in your home. And I don't do that. I'm not into that. My wife, my, my church, my whatever, you know, and those people, I love you. And like maybe on a holiday, I got something for you. But I promise you, I'm pouring into the people who pouring into me so that when I'm empty, those people can replenish me and I can replenish them, you know, when they need to be replenished. So that balance, man, and being able to say no, I think is very Just crucial. Just say no. See? Just say no. I love it. All right, man. Well, as always, we're going to make that transition. Um, listen, guys, the boot camp. July 23rd and 24th. We got a, uh, we, we, yeah, they're coming in. They're coming in. We're going to cap it soon, I'm sure, um, because we wanted to keep it smaller, intimate. Listen, man, we are going in. I'm trying to tell you, um, man, everything, you know, you ever wanted to know about, you know, this company, you know, how to make your company go to the next level. We've been, we're going to be going over some branding stuff and just taking your business to the next level. I told people, man, you know, when you think about branding and you think about the importance of, you know, how to elevate yourself, whether you're speaking, whatever you're an entrepreneur, whatever your business is, whatever your company is, your personal brand. I told somebody the other day, the same speeches that we were commanding 500 to 1,000 for, you know, we can ask for $50,000 now, right? We can ask for $50,000 as opposed to when we were charging for the same guy. Okay, he has gotten, you know, better, of course, over the years, but the same guy, Eric Thomas, who was charging maybe $500, $250, $500 a speech can charge $50,000. Now, why? Because the brand has gone to the next level and because we've honed our craft and mastered our craft to a point where in corporate America, you, you, you're you going to have to pay, right? And you're going to have to pay not because we said so, because Google said so, right? You're going to go on there and you're going, you're going to see that we've built one of the top brands in the world in this particular space and what we're going to do is bring in all the people who helped us to get to that level we're going to help you take your company to that level whatever it is you want to be the leader in your industry when we have these conferences this boot camp we're talking about you know uh, an extreme level of success right we, we don't go into anything you know talking about being you know mentioned with amongst the greats we want to be amongst the greats right we want to be at the top of that list and so this boot camp is going to be phenomenal two days with us Man, I just heard some rumors about s some types of food that we're going to have there. The food is on us and um, some people, you know, we got home court advantage. So I'm hearing some rumors about, you know, maybe even my pops getting involved. I don't know, but we will find out um, very shortly on that, man. But it's going to be two days, you know, full immersion. Carl, E, myself, the rest of the team who you guys um, may or may not know. Some of you may have met them. They're going to be there. Um, and it's just going to be a phenomenal weekend, guys. It's going, it's going to be great, and we look forward to seeing you there. Um, go to etinspires.com. Check it out. You know, make an investment in yourself, guys. You have to make an investment in yourself in order to go to that next level. Hey, see, they, they need to know this too, see, if you've ever attended an event. Remember what I said before. We will make an investment in people who've made an investment. So if you've ever come to an event before, ever, you've ever done VIP, you are part of Breathe You. We will give you that discount, right? So there is a major discount. And here's the trick. We're going to give you a discount based on the investment you've made, all right? So if you made a great investment, we're going to get, we're going to get that back to you, right? So just make sure you know that as well, um, that when you go on the site and you're looking at the numbers, just remember, ooh, I came to this event, I, I get that off. Oh, I came to this event, got, I get that off. So just wanted to make sure I yep, mentioned that absolutely. as well. Absolutely. So we look forward to seeing you there July 23rd and 24th in Lansing, Michigan. Of course, like we said, you can fly into Detroit or Flint. Plane tickets are not that bad, guys. Um, and we look forward to seeing you there. The other thing is we are actually uh, postponing the Miami date. We're still going to do Miami, but we are postponing Fashion it. show or something. Fashion something week is big. Weekend. I can't. Yeah, sold out. Fashion, yeah. yeah, so every hotel was completely booked out. Um, so Miami, bear with us. We will be down there shortly. You know, I was hurt. I was looking forward to coming on oh, down. They and, found and day. Staying at the Fountain Blue and, and going to Prime 112 for dinner. But uh, we're going to have to push that back. That'll be after 
the the uh, boot camp now. We'll do it sometime after the boot camp. But we appreciate your patience with that. All right, let's jump into the Ask ET segment of the show. As always, brought to you by ETA Grind Gear, redefining the grind one day at a time. Listeners to this podcast can use the promo code SECRET2SUCCESS and take an extra 20% off the gear. Uh, go to etinspires.com, and that's available there exclusively. We got some dope new shirts, the Honor Eye Craft shirts. If you've seen those, I've seen some people rocking them at the conference in Chicago. Crazy. Uh, the Dream Vision Grind. Shirts are out, and, and they're off the chain. Just some great summer gear you guys should check out. All right, let's jump into it. And the first question we have comes from Greg in Maine. He said, E.T., who is your favorite superhero Ooh, and why? Man, um, that's tough, man. But, I, I, you know, I had a couple people in my head, but I'm going to go with who I've loved the longest and have supported is Wolverine. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolverine is my guy, oh, man. Oh, what? Uh, since I was a kid, man, I love Wolverine. And I think I love Wolverine so much because he was so, like, believable, you know, relatable. Like, my man had issues, you know what I'm saying? So he wanted a few with issues as a superhero, you know what I'm saying? He just reminded me of myself and that God has given me this gift, you know, and I'm powerful with this gift. But I'm still so human, man, at the end of the day, you know, and he has to be very cautious of how he uses that gift, you know, uh, because he can, you know, be a person of rage or of anger and he can use that gift in a way that's not, you know, advantageous or, or, or you know, beneficial. And then his loyalty, man, like Wolverine, like, yo, I got I, I got the X-Men on my back and he wasn't necessarily like in a pecking order, the top you know, X-Man, but he was always a dude like, yo, I got y'all back. Like, if, if we going into a brawl, I'm first, you know, I don't care how big they are, whatever, I'm going to protect y'all and take care of y'all and make sure that, you know what I'm saying? I, yeah, so Wolverine, he, he, that that's my guy, man. I, I like Thor too, but Wolverine is my guy, man. Oh, uh, for sure. I always, I, Batman all the way for me, and... The reason I go with Batman is, I mean, you know the story, Bruce Wayne, like my man is a wealthy individual and he just uses his resources to go help people. So I always saw him as almost like that, you know, civil rights activist almost kind of thing. Like I just saw him as like, man, I'm going to use like a Dr. King almost. Like I'm going to use my influence Dr. King and my resources. A filthy doctor, and of filthy course, rich Dr. King. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no, right, there it is. Oh, I was going to say, of course, the techie in me, you got to go with the utility belt, you know, the gadgets. That was the other side of it that, of course, you know. Yeah, I just, I just go with Batman because of the swagger. You know what I'm saying? I just dig Batman's swagger. It's just, uh, you know, since I was little, man, he was just always cooler than all the rest of them. So Batman for me as well. Um, Christine in Cleveland wants to know, E.T., how did you guys come up with the idea to do TGIM? Oh, uh, man, long, oh, long it. story. <laughs> but, you know, during uh, the economy crash, you know, Michigan took a big hit for GM and Chrysler, you know, the bailout. And we, we literally saw people you know, during that time, they were devastated. And you're talking about people who didn't lose their job, but was on edge that they were next. And you can see how it influenced, you know, um, the city of um, Detroit, the state of Michigan. And there was, a, there was a great exodus, a great flight, you know, out of the city. We had like, you know, millions when I was a, a kid. And now you're talking about maybe 500, you know, something thousand. So it was a rough time. And I just wanted to encourage people like, yo, hey, guys, despite what's going on in our state, you know, we, we will rise, you know. And I felt like I had a gift to motivate and inspire people. And I just wanted to use that gift to inspire my own. So it's like, hey, we coming in on Monday. That's the beginning of the week. We got five work days. So we got to get at it. So I just wanted to be a hype man, a cheerleader, if you will, you know, just to encourage my state. And I am so grateful, you know, Carl and the team you know, that we were able to do it because I think the world is a better place, but more importantly, our lives are better because, you know, of TGIM. Sure. Absolutely. Um, this question comes in from Twitter. Jizzy JK said, hi, E.T. What dates are you coming to London? And if so, where can I buy a ticket? And I have that information for you. We are, listen, London, we coming. Finally, you've been, you've been asking for a while. We took a couple year hiatus, but we're coming back September 24th, we're coming back to London. 
Uh, you can get uh, tickets at ericthomaslondon.uk. That's www.ericthomaslondon.uk. So go on there and get tickets, man. We're super pumped about that. Coming back to London. Had a blast last time. Can't wait to catch up with AJ and um, the rest of our squad there. You know, all our peoples in London. Hey, see, all I'm saying is this, though. Uh, my people in Australia, you know, we've been there a few times, and they are saying that their fish and chips is smashing, Ooh. killing, way better Ooh. than <laughs> in the UK. So somebody in the UK gonna have to. Oh, take it. Hey, I'm trying to, to hit Nando's. Oh, that's the best. Oh, yeah, though. I'm trying. There's no and, competition. And we got a Nando's, Nando's over here. Is, one, I think, but it ain't. Man, yeah, it ain't, it ain't on the level as Nando's and, in the and, UK. So looking forward to and hitting the Nando's. one in Australia. Yeah, the one in Australia can't oh, get no, with the no, one no, no, in the UK. No, no, no. But the fish the peri, and chips, peri, The Perry Perry. Yep. Perry Perry. Perry. Yeah, so we come in uh, London September 24th. I'm going to have to bring me a loaf of bread. Yep. I'm going to have to bring me a loaf of bread to London oh, yeah, no to doubt. go with the Perry Perry. EricThomasLondon.uk. <laughs> Thanks for that question, Jizzy JK. Another question from Twitter. Uh, just in do me so said when are you coming to South Africa we still working on that South Africa show us some love man, we, we got to make that man. happen we, yeah we need that we need the right contact over there guys Mr. Johnson Mr. Workhorse Johnson but, said yo yeah. uh, E love the podcast with the big three my question is do Carl and CJ have social media accounts do we have social media accounts? Nope, we don't. Not, not, not like that, mm-hmm. bro. Not like <laughs> that. They not on that. They, they grinding. Not like that, right? Hey, I created, I created, I started Twitter, and I think I started our Twitter and Instagram accounts just like I created my own just to see how it would work for the company. I think that's about the <laughs> last grinding, thing I y'all. posted on there. We the only time one for I actually do um, is is Facebook. Facebook is the only one I do. Yep, and I do I do Facebook for the company too. They got an ET the hip hop preacher, Eric Thomas yeah. BTC, Snapchat <laughs> no, Dr. Yeah, Eric definitely Thomas. Definitely hit me on E's account if you need me. I uh, appreciate that question, though. Last question. Let's see who's going to be the lucky winner. Let's stay with Twitter. We got Hans, Hans Freller said, do you Han believe Solo. the ban of uh, Draymond Green altered the Golden State Warrior mindset and has this solidified King James legacy as an all-time Yeah, yeah we talked about that last week. Um, I-, I think that you know, we don't we don't know what the outcome would have been, uh, but we do know that you 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 get paid to play. You know, and having that's like asking me if CJ wasn't with us or Carl wasn't with us, would it impact us? Absolutely. Do I do the conference without C for two? Absolutely. But definitely, it's not the same conference when he's not there. Carl's not there. It's definitely not the same. Uh, and be careful with the word solidify. You know, this is uh, King James is. You know, he is still writing his history. You know what I'm saying? This is his third championship. He, I don't know how many seasons he has left. He's been blessed to stay healthy. So he hasn't finished writing his history. Um, by the time it's over, you know, he could be considered um, the greatest that ever played the game. So uh, he still has room to prove that, you know, he's the greatest ever. And what he has to his advantage is he is right now the greatest player in the game with multiple years ahead of him. But he is still writing you know the history books. Yeah, definitely. Um, great questions, everybody. Uh, we appreciate you guys, as always, for writing in. If you have your questions for Ask ET, you can send them in on Twitter using the hashtag AskET, or you can hit us up at info at etinspires.com, and we'll try to get your question on the podcast. Real quick, man, I wanted to look. It looks like we are at number 20. 20. Oh, we still on st- the we charts. Stuck at 20. We are still at number 20. So we need your help, man. Go leave us a review. If you like the podcast, yeah, we we have 20 in the health category. So um, if you guys like the podcast, man, if you dig what we're doing, if you say, man, how can I repay these guys for all the entertainment and jokes and the Barbados sensation taking time away from his family while he's in Barbados to drop this heat on us, how can I repay these guys? Uh, jump online and throw us a review. We would definitely be appreciative of that. We we don't we feel like we don't belong at number twenty. All right, I'm gonna just be real. And if you uh, feel the same way, go leave hey, us a review. Hey, hey, we've not we ain't never been at twenty with the stuff that right, we can right, control. Right, 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 exactly. But unfortunately, it, yeah, we can't control Number one in your hearts, number twenty on the uh, charts. All right, so we need you go yeah, on, right, leave right. us a review, 
And, um, yeah, we would greatly appreciate you guys going on there and just telling the world what you feel about it. It really does help. Like, every time we get a wave of reviews, we jump up the charts. So if you've been sitting there saying, oh, I'm going to do it next week. Oh, I got them, and you haven't done it yet. Shame on you. But we'll forgive you if you go ahead and write that review this week. With that being said, let's um, jump into ET's Nugget of the Day. As always, sponsored by BreatheUniversity.com. Check us out at BU.com. Become a part of our BU family today. ET, hit him with that Nugget of the Day so we can get out of here. Yeah, so man, for real, I put up today on uh, Instagram that your why has to be greater than your knockdown. You know, and I know you guys heard me talk about the why before, but I need you to hear me very carefully. Like... I need you to rid yourself of selfishness, you know, and selfishness is, you know, I'm tired, so I'm going to hit the snooze button. I don't feel like getting up and going to work, so I'm not going to go to work. You know, I don't feel like being enthusiastic when I get to work. You know, I, 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 and I'm going to ask you to get rid of I and replace it with your why. Again, I'm going to ask you to get rid of your I and replace it with your why. Because when you do something for I, you may not be 120. You may not give everything you've got. Like for real, for those of you who work out, you know that when you worked out on your own, there was a certain level you might have got to. But when you got a trainer, that you got somebody who could push you, who, who, could, who could make you do more than you did on your own, that's what I'm asking for. That's what your why is going to do. Your why is going to say, don't you ever hit the snooze button. Your why, my wife, I told you, my wife, chronic illness, has not missed work. Told me yesterday, I don't feel good. I don't think I'm going to work. I walk in the house today at 6.30 in the morning for my run. Guess who? Covers back. The pillow moved. The light's out. She getting ready to go to work. Why? Because she said she never wanted her daughter to see her sick. She never wanted her daughter not to see her get up and go to work and grind. And so her daughter, wanting to be a role model for her daughter, pushed her past her pain. So forget the I, forget the I, and operate on your why. That's it, man. We appreciate y'all checking in. Carl, man, thank you so much for checking in from Barbados. Enjoy that, son. Everybody out there, go write us that review. We will see you next week. Bring me back some sand. Bring me back some sand, my man. I want you to focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, you concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity.